You are listening to the Just Skimming the Surface podcast with Wes W. Skim Milk Skim. Just Skimming the Surface is a podcast that focuses on the stories, interests, and passions of people. Taking inspiration from late night talk shows, guests are interviewed on their experiences, providing the opportunity to reflect and grow. Behind every person's life is a journey to be learned from. No matter how deep we may go, there is always a way to look deeper, which is why we're only just skimming the surface. Hello and welcome to the Just Giving the Surface podcast. This is our fourth live show with ISU's Free Stage. Uh, very excited to be here for the final chapter of Just Giving the Surface. Um, so this is our first like digital live show. The last few uh, the last few live shows were in person, had uh, a pretty decent sized crowd on average between the three, and uh, we can actually see audience interaction as it was happening and um know what was working and what wasn't so now if uh i make a joke and it doesn't land i don't have to worry about not feeling good about it so i'm very excited about that <laughs> i'll try not to blow any speakers with my laugh uh, <laughs> just be aware that uh, if i laugh just to turn down your volume a little bit oh yeah yeah we'll put a noise warning in the description <laughs> um but yeah, here we are, finally live. A uh, little bit of technical difficulties because um, I'm a boomer who doesn't know how to use Zoom. Mm. Uh, but uh, we're ready to start. So Ben, I believe you you said you were going to prepare an opening clip or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the final chapter, and this this podcast, this the live podcasts have have really meant a lot to me. And working with Wes has really been great. So I really wanted to make like a really nice tribute for Wes. So um, Ryan. Go ahead and roll the footage. I don't know what to say. I, I didn't, I thought we were gonna kinda, you were gonna kinda tell me about footage. I didn't, you didn't send me anything, you didn't text me. It, it should be an outlook. I, I sent it to you and I shared it. I, come on, Ryan, don't stop, stop playing games. Just come on, roll the footage. I wouldn't play, I wouldn't play games. It's, it's, it's just in the service four, Ben. I wouldn't play games, but you didn't, Send me, you know, I, I just thought as then a stage hand of- We can of, see you moving. <laughs> like yeah, ben, you're not really frozen. You're just moving in between <sighs> freezing. What a, what a moving video intro that was for Wes. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Thank you very much for your, your time and effort on this show. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Anyway. Um, I apologize in advance if um, I start to lose any sort of energy. I did get uh, Moderna in my arm again today for the second time. So thank you, Dolly Parton, for your contribution to uh, my safety. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much uh, for that. And I'm very excited to uh, hopefully um, feel a bit safer in the future. Um, as an essential worker, this whole pandemic it's it's a little bit of comfort knowing that uh i i, I don't know that that there's at least some sort of vaccine out there and something that like kind of given me hope that uh things are going to go back normal soon now that everyone's going to be able to uh get that so so that's going to be a lot of fun um but yeah right now i am currently working uh after after graduating last year 
as the assistant general manager at Domino's and I am acting GM this week and for the next four weeks because the general manager is on maternity leave. So it's really amazing uh, the places that a theater degree can take you. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking, of course. There's, um, there's been a lot going on. And um, so I'm back here at ISU in grad school and uh, I'm, I'm still learning quite a bit of things that I didn't get a chance to do in my undergrad. So I'm, I'm very grateful to be here again and I'm very excited to see uh, what else I can learn and where else that takes me. And I'm very excited to be able to work with Ryan and Ben again, since they are also still here. <laughs> and uh, honestly, we might be graduating at the same time now. So that's pretty, that's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, ben, did you have any opening remarks? As uh, this is your third show as co-host. Very exciting. Yeah. What a, what a, what a time it's been since the last, the last couple um, no, I'm just really, uh, I, no, I'm still theater education and now I'm a, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, uh, I guess, uh, technically this is my first time hosting Just Give Me the Surface live as Ben Patton. That's, that's, that's definitely, true. That's the, that's the change. That's the change. Nothing else to yeah, report yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to report. Um, our monologues are going a bit long right now. We were supposed to have Kiyunam on in uh in a second here and he is actually waiting in our waiting room uh so ben since you know more about how to use zoom than me i'm gonna go ahead and let you invite kiyun to the stage come on in kiyun <laughs> grant brown i really thought this was going to be more like iCarly, <laughs> but it's really just a depressing version of iCarly. <laughs> Kiyun is here. Um, he's got his camera on now. There he is. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be kind of hanging out backstage until I was <laughs> and just feeling it out. No, hey, we everyone. saw you peeking out from behind the curtain. <laughs> that was me. Welcome, Kiyun. Uh, we're so excited to have you here today. Um, so, Thanks for having me. Yeah, we were going to have Kiyun on for uh, Just Coming with Surface Live 4 that was supposed to happen last school year. Um, but unfortunately, due to uh, the uh, panorama, we could not do the show. And uh, so we wanted to reach out to Kiyun again, um, because we really wanted to uh, hear from him and kind of learn some things from uh, his expertise. So persistent. <laughs> <laughs> we were very I, I also can't believe it, it was last year, right? It, it feels like a million years ago. Yeah, right. And I'm like seeing, I, I think, Ben and Ryan for the first time this school year, it feels like. Am I right? Or have yeah, I, I also haven't seen you. So, like, yeah. It feels like I also haven't seen you since like my freshman year. And so that was like two years ago now. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see everyone. Yeah, definitely very good. Um, just Skimming the Surface was on like a whole hold for the whole year. I did like one episode during uh, the pandemic, thought I was going to do more, but it really, it's, it's just taken a lot out of me. So I was wondering from an educator's point of view, how has, um, and especially in, in a university, how has that kind of affected your work? Um, yeah, it's, it's been wild. Um, I mean, so, you know, um, I'm sure that as students, you have been getting a million emails, right, over the summer, um, and even last spring, right, when um, the, the campus closed. But 
the faculty have also been inundated with emails and, you know, a lot of help, helpful emails like, hey, we know that you're, you know, suddenly making the transition to online teaching for the first time. Here are a bunch of resources uh, for you. Um, they've been both useful and overwhelming, just, you know, like pivoting, right, to something that you weren't planning. Um, and then, yeah, so I am, uh, you know, like, at home where it's with my, you know, um, like Zoom set up for online teaching. And I feel like when I wake up in the morning and make some coffee and I sit down in this chair, I don't get up until it's time to go to sleep some days. It's just like work and life, it's all you know, blended together. Um, and I think that's, that's the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you would say that it, it just feels like a lot more work right now, like you're at work constantly? Yeah, I, I need to remind myself to just like step away from the computer because, um, you know, even if I'm taking a break, I'm just, you know, like surfing the internet and I'm still in front of a screen and I need to remind myself I need to do something different so that I'm not, you know, like in the same position all the time. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, I think uh, it would be helpful now to uh, kind of introduce yourself and what you do to uh, our guests who are not uh, quite familiar with you. Uh, I know sure. most of our guests are ISU students or SOTD students, but uh, we may get some other people and uh, it, it's really about your experience. So uh, tell us more about what you do and how you got to doing it. Um, yeah, so I'm Kiyun Nam. Um, I uh, teach in the School of Theater and Dance at Illinois State University. Um, I teach uh, theater studies courses, but my specialty and kind of like my training is in dramaturgy. So I teach dramaturgy classes, but I also mentor student dramaturgs who um, are interested in that as a, as a career path. Um, and uh, so how I got into dramaturgy um, is, uh, I think it's, it's an interesting story because, um, you know, uh, a lot of people, they may have heard the word dramaturgy before, but until you, you know, like actually work on a production with a dramaturg, not very clear what dramaturgs do. Um, and that was definitely my experience. Um, when I was, I was an English major when I was in college in Korea. Um, and that's how, you know, I took Shakespeare classes in an English department, just like modern drama courses. And that's how I gradually became more and more interested in theater and decided that I wanted to study it in grad school. But um, I had a friend who uh, did a study abroad um, in Canada for a year. So he was away for a whole year and then he came back and he was all pumped to start like this new arts festival um, at our university. And he wanted to do some theater productions as a part of that. And he came to me and said like, hey, um, I'm, you know, I'm doing this you know, production. Um, I would like for you to be the dramaturg. And I was like, oh yeah, definitely. What's a dramaturg? And that was how I got introduced to dramaturgy by just doing it for the first time. Um, and I feel like for a lot of the students who are working as dramaturgs um, at ISU right now, that's kind of their experience. They've heard of it, um, they, it, it sounds intriguing, um, but until you do it, you don't quite know what it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, so could you explain more about uh, what a dramaturg might do on a production? Um, it really depends on the production. Um, and I think the, the kind of connecting thread for me, um, like it's two things. First of all, it's being um, a supporter of an artistic vision that a director might have, or if you're working on a new play that the playwright might have. Um, I think drama, for at least the way that I approach dramaturgy, it's less about 
my creative impulses and my need to express myself and more how can I help other people uh, you know um, express themselves more clearly or get the message that they want um, across so that's the first important component of dramaturgy for me and the other is kind of being that outside eye because you know when you're working on something and you're immersed in the process um, it it's hard to get perspective right kind of um, imagine what this is going to look like to an audience member who hasn't been in on all of those meetings and conversations, who like don't know the play inside out. So trying to put your, put, I try to put myself in the position of that new audience member who is seeing this for the first time. What might they miss? What might go over their head? What might confuse them? Um, and try to you know like flag that so that we can address those things in the, in the production process. Yeah, definitely. I, I took uh, Kiyun's dramaturgy dramaturgy class. Uh, last semester, and I learned a lot of helpful information that um, I think is is definitely uh, really helpful to me as a theater educator. Um, and we talked a lot in the class about how a dramaturg kind of has to know, basically have a general idea of every single part of a production. And, and we talk about that in theater ed as well, with how uh, theater educators have to know a bit of every single part of a production. Um, so could you tell me, are there any parts of a theater production that you feel that you don't know enough about that you are still trying to learn more about? Um, yeah, um, definitely the more uh, technical side of any, um, you know, like area of theater, like whether it's acting, whether it's directing, whether it's, um, you know, it's like production and design. I, I feel like I understand the large ideas, right? Or the way that you know, a designer might approach a play or the way that an actor might approach a play. But as far as like the actual like, like training and the actual techniques that are involved, I, I feel like I have less of an understanding of that. Um, and yeah, the more that I know, definitely the more helpful it is because I can like speak, um, you know, that person's lingo, right? And, mm -hmm. and bring things up and, contextualize things in ways that are helpful to their process. Awesome, awesome. And don't forget those of you listening uh, or watching on Facebook Live, uh, leave a comment and let us know if there's a question that uh, we haven't asked that you'd like uh, to be asked or anything or uh, a comment for Kiyun or whatever. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on the, uh, the comments for the live stream throughout the, the show. So just uh, be sure to interact with us there. Ryan's watching the uh, the comments as we go along. And I saw Ben had a hand. Yeah. Yes, I Ben. I was just kind of imagining Kiyun's response to like, what do you not feel like as confident in is like to be like, I, I just imagine Kiyun is like this all knowing like person just based on like, like my experience in fundies. It just seemed like you just had like so much knowledge over everything. And it just like, was like mind blowing to me that you had all of that knowledge. And I was just like, that's crazy because I like I don't feel like I have nearly that much knowledge packed into my brain. So it's like I feel like I got like a tumbleweed blown around in my brain. So I just was imagining you to know everything. <laughs> well, I mean, part of it is I mean I prepared for that class, so obviously the things <laughs> that I'm talking about in the class, you know, like those are things that I I know what I'm talking about. If you just like bring up a random question, I might not have an answer right there. But also, um, you know, when I talk about the specific techniques that are involved in like acting or um, you know design or directing or whatever it is, I think that there is a difference between knowledge and kind of like embodied like experience and practice. Um, and so I can talk about acting, but I don't have a lot of experience acting myself, right? So there's a limit to how much I understand what it feels like, right, to be an actor and, and be involved in practice. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I think it's really nice to just know that no matter where you are in your professional career, learning is still very important. Um, and we learned in dramaturgy that dramaturgy, I see, keep saying the wrong G pronunciation. Well, you, you want to go the German route. That's <laughs> in, in dramaturgy, um, we learned about uh, how important it is to get out there and experience other types of media and art uh, to really help you come up with visions or know exactly what you want out of a production as a dramaturg. Uh, could you tell us where you kind of find some of your inspiration for pieces you've worked on? Um, yeah, so um, interestingly, I've uh, found myself involved in a lot of projects where I am the dramaturg, but the work that we're doing isn't quite theater. Um, I'm working with a group of musicians on a piece that they want to develop based on their own stories. And they need somebody to kind of like help create a story structure. And as musicians, it's not something that they're used to. So um, I'm involved in that. I've been working on a dance piece um, at a, with, with the, uh, the National Dance Company of Korea for the past year. Um, and these are very different from kind of like what you would consider traditional dramaturgy because you don't start with a text, right? Um, there's not a play that I can pick apart and research and, and, uh, and, and bring in information. Um, it's kind of building something from the ground up out of conversations. Um, and it's, I, I can only rely on my experience of like, music or dance, right, in those cases, right? Um, and then, of course, you know, there are ways for me to bring in the, the kind of training and the kind of, the, um, the kind of like ideas that, that uh, I have um, that's more related to traditional dramaturgy. But... Um, it has to start from, you know, like me kind of like relying on uh, my experiences of those art forms. And so that's, that's what it is, right? I have the, the, you know, like it's, it's the, the dance pieces that I've been to, it's the music that I've listened to, it's, if it's visual arts, the visual arts that I've looked at. Um, it, it's hard to kind of quantify exactly how that's going to be useful. Um, but I, I believe that deep down, um, like all art is connected. Um, and there is a way for artists to kind of past the disciplinary boundaries that they have in a university, right? The departmental boundaries that we have and actually collaborate and communicate just as, as artists. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so I think now would be a good time to check one in with Ryan. Uh, have we gotten any questions or comments for uh, Kiyun? We have, uh, we have one including, um, and Hago's in the chat who says, Kiyun has a DFA. Dr. Effing Awesome. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to swear on the Josh plate safe. Um, then we have a question from Mickey who asks, Kiyun, what was the hardest show that you've ever been assigned for dramaturgy? Hardest show that I've been assigned? That's, hmm. I don't know. Um, that's, that's a hard question. I, I think that um, the, 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 one of the pieces that I told you about that I'm working on currently, the, the work with musicians, um, that we've been working for about two years now. Um, and, you know, because it's a device piece, it's a new piece, um, we're constantly evolving and responding to, to new things. Um, it was supposed to premiere um, uh, last year, but it was canceled because of the pandemic. We were trying to do it this, this uh, spring, but it got pushed to, to uh, next year. So we're still working on it. And it's, it's like, pursuing this, this moving target, right? Um, like we have an idea of where we started, but the destination is still kind of like uncharted territory for us because 
we still have time and our thinking will continue to evolve and new ideas will come in. Um, and as the person who is tasked with kind of like sorting all of that and finding a kind of order and structure to it, it's, it does feel like you're juggling and then you're just like adding more and more balls um, that, that you're juggling in the air at the same time. So um, I think the longer the process is, um, uh, I, I think uh, it comes with uh, challenges, but also rewards, right? I, I feel like the work that we're making is becoming a kind of like journal, right? A document of everything that we've experienced and gone through these past few years. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Any other questions? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cheyenne wants to know what's your favorite memory since joining ISU? Um, favorite memories. Oh man, there's so many uh, good memories, but also so many of them feel so distant because of this year, right? With uh, everything being um, online. I think, um, you know, since this is in the context of a uh, free stage, um, I do uh, think from time to time to um, a, a device piece that Asa Wallace um, uh, directed and kind of conceived a couple of years ago. Um, it was called uh, uh, Studio of the South, and it was based on the letters that Vincent Van Gogh and his brother exchanged to one another when Van Gogh was kind of like out of the country, but also um, later kind of committed to a, an asylum. Um, and uh, going back to what I said earlier about how like deep down artists can communicate one another beyond their uh, disciplines, um, Asa was really interested in that idea. So he talked to a student in, uh, in the School of Music, talked to a student in the School of Art, um, got a, a, a dancing major and some actors involved and they all kind of did their thing on stage at the same time as um, uh, the actors were also kind of exploring these letters. Um, and it was, it was kind of like watching a, like a jazz performance, except that everyone's instrument was a completely different form of art. Um, and so there was a, there was a, a school of art student who, you know, drew, uh, her, who like, painted, right, a, a new painting on each of the two nights, um, kind of responding to the text, but also the music that was being played and the movement. And those paintings are hanging in my office wall, which I haven't been to in forever. But anyway, they're they're there, and uh, yeah, it's just great to have, you know, like, um, like a, uh, a physical object that, um, that captures those, uh, those memories. Um, I remember, it was like, you know, like, it was like past midnight, and uh, Asa and I were standing outside of uh, Centennial West um, right after, like, a, like a, like a long and grueling uh, run-through, and just had a hug, because, like, we, you know, like, we both were happy and excited, right, with the work that was, that was coming together, yeah. That's a memory that, you know, I, I think that night I, I was, you know, I had to teach that next day and I was going home, but I was so happy uh, that I was here uh, at ISU. And I hope that we can have many more moments like that once we get back to in person. Yes, there'll be many years more. <laughs> many, many. <laughs> Let's take one last question and then I think we have to, for time's sake, move on. Uh, so oh, one more question from the Facebook. Sounds good. Our last question comes from James, and he asks, are you pro-pickle or anti-pickle? I am very pro-pickle, but I will say um, I actually uh, grew up in the U.S. I went to elementary school in the U.S. and then uh, went back to Korea from middle school all the way to college and then came back to, US, to the U.S. for grad school. Um, and in Korea, it's very hard to find pickles that aren't sweet. So like any, like you, you typically get like a little like plastic container of uh, like pickles as a side dish when you order pizza. And I remember the first time that I like had, you know, like pizza in Korea after living in the US and eating this like little, little sliver of pickle. And like 
what why is this tweet like that that's not right um and then like you know just like trying to find like pickles that aren't sweet and it's just like it's just not something that you can find easily in korea so um one of the things that i did when i came back to the u.s for grad school is, is like buy pickles and <laughs> so, i am very pro pickle that's amazing that you could take such a nonsensical question and actually come up with a really good. I was good expecting more experience. questions like that, actually. This is much more serious than what I thought it was. Gonna Those be. were the only questions you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our next little thing we wanted to do, uh, we wanted to take a look. So I'm not sure if you're aware that this exists, um, but there is a page on Facebook called the, uh, the Kiyunam fan page. Uh, you probably have seen it, but I don't know if you're a member. <laughs> uh, I am not a member. Can I actually, if you, if we have time, just like say something? So a student did, like, who will remain uh, unnamed, did like, like, let me know that there is a page, and I actually already knew because Facebook actually recommended this page to me. <laughs> I was thinking, come on, Facebook, you can be better than this. <laughs> this makes no sense. Facebook is great at keeping secrets. <laughs> So, awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I pretend that I don't know that the page exists, but I, I do know <laughs> Facebook has told me. Okay. If that makes sense. It, it does. I mean, not only does Facebook share our information with anonymous sources, that they, they're going to share groups about us to people. So <laughs> um, Ben has a couple posts that he shared with me mm. that we wanted to show you just so you can get a little glimpse into mm -hmm. uh, what posts are, are kind of made in this page we asked for suggestions no one sent us any so we're hoping that these ones are okay to share they're nothing outlandish or bad so don't worry about that um all right so i will share my screen real quick right there start broadcast sorry i'm on my ipad so i have to narrate everything i'm doing All right, here's our first post here from Terrence Mayfield. Um, Peeps, I just saw Kiyun in person and he's effing real and I cannot handle it. That is all. I <laughs> remember when I ran into Terrence walking around on campus. <laughs> here's another one. Seeing Kiyun in the all school meeting today was one of the greatest blessings of my summer. Hope everyone has a great first day of classes tomorrow. And this was uh, last semester that that was posted. So it was all the online stuff. Next post. Kiyun just personally reached out to me to make sure that I'm doing okay. Is this what it's like to have a teacher actually care about you? Very nice. And... <laughs> disgruntled and upset that this gem has not been shared here make it a snapchat sticker it's really fun uh i don't know the story behind that picture but <laughs> i do remember seeing it <laughs> i i choose not to share it i think the picture just speaks for itself that's at a home depot and um it's theater related is all i will say <laughs> Well, that's great. So we just wanted to show you that here at ISU, uh, you are very appreciated and very loved. So thank you so much for all the work you put in. Um, we truly, truly appreciate it. Um, so much. Um, I, I, I feel like, you know, like with the sense of disconnect that 
everyone is struggling with, including me. Um, at this, you know, it, it's it's good to to um, kind of like be uh, you know um, that kind of response. So thank you so much. <laughs> so we've got a, a little game that I kind of told you about. I'm hoping you still have time for this. Mm -hmm. I, I know you're technically supposed to be in rehearsal right now. <laughs> oh, and I'm the dramaturg. Nobody knows that I'm gone. That's the dramaturg <laughs> joke. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So yeah. uh, we had a special alumni guest that uh, we decided it might be easier since you shared your little um, uh, not well-versed in improv. Uh, <laughs> we have an mm -hmm. alumni guest that we'd like to bring on to help you through this okay. presentation that you totally planned for us today. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead and let in our guest. So it, those of you who have uh, <laughs> seen the live show before from our very first live show, you may recognize Grant Brown, who was my very first co-host for the live show. There he is. Hello, sorry, you caught me in the middle of reading. Uh, oh, wow. You, yeah, you're keeping up with your like reading during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, I'm keeping up with Rensimir. <laughs> Rensimir? Rensimir. Rensimir. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Wonderful guy. Hi, Grant. I'm so relieved that you're here, by the way. Hi, How are Thank you so much to both of you for uh, presenting your research here on Just Skimming the Surface Live 4. We're so happy. Uh, and you sent us this PowerPoint ahead of time on yeah. this historic event. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that up. Um, um, real and, quick. Uh, we're we're going to set some ground rules here for the presentation. Um, just let us know when you'd like us to skip slides. It is your PowerPoint after all, so we can right. move on whenever uh, you'd like. I'll be behind the controls so I can just tap away to the next screen when you need it. Uh, if you really need, you know, uh, Ben is also well-versed on this topic. I heard he took a class on it. Mm -hmm. So um, you can always reach out and phone a friend. Uh, he's right here for you. He can help you uh, if you forgot your notes. I know I, I, I don't see either of you have note cards, so you must be really well-prepared for this presentation. As prepared as I can be, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> Have I forgotten anything, uh, Ben? Mm -mm, no, no. I'm just right. really excited to hear what I'm ready. I'm ready for this presentation. Okay, so I'm going to uh, share my screen so that we have our little presentation here. And um, it looks like today you're presenting on the uh, Italian spaghetti famine. Yeah. Yeah, yes, we are. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for, for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. That, that's, that's us. I'm Grant Brown, and uh, across from me is my illustrious uh, presenter, uh, Kiyu Nam. Uh, we are here to go ahead and present on the uh, spaghetti famine. Yeah, it's a very serious topic. Um, it's just like, so sobering to even think about this period in Italian history. Yeah, dark times, very dark times. Um, happy most of the times you have to get through it. Um, Whenever you're ready, we'd love to go on to the next slide. All right, so we start our journey uh, in North Dakota. What's really interesting about this is that when they specify the Italian uh, spaghetti famine, it's specific to Little Italy in North Dakota. Definitely, um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. we don't have time to go into the whole history of immigration from um, Italy to North Dakota specifically. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I mean straight to North Dakota, not through New York or any of the harbors. It's like people flying directly from uh, Italy to uh, Grand Forks, I believe, is um, the, the kind of hub for the yeah. American community in North Dakota, which you can see on the right-hand edge of the map there. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Uh, I don't. They landed on Grand Forks because you know they thought spaghetti. Oh, you eat it with a fork. Like, oh, what's better than a Grand Fork? You know, it's the the best fork you can possibly have to go ahead and but the, spaghetti. But with. the irony of a town being named Grand Forks during the Italian spaghetti famine, when they had all of these forks but no spaghetti to use it. Yeah, exactly. It, it was it was a truly an ironic situation that most people did not find humorous at the time. Um, but if we'd like to go on, go on to the next slide, we'd love to go and continue yeah, talking should, about this. Yeah, we should move on, definitely. Absolutely. I see what you're saying. Okay, Kiyun, if you'd like to go and take this one for me. Yeah, so um, you'll, you'll notice that um, the image on the left um, is in black and white, which indicates that it is a historical photo that helps us situate like what time, uh, time period that we're looking at. So we're, we're, we're really thinking about the, the 1950s, um, maybe the early 60s, but um, I, I think once we get into that period of history, um, you know, there, there are other things that, um, that kind of like dominate the scene. Um, so uh, on the left, um, we have perhaps uh, one of the last uh, remaining, uh, last the, the image, uh, image of one of the last uh, remaining uh, containers of uh, prepackaged spaghetti that was out there, and you can just see just how happy this person yeah. is, this anonymous person um, uh, who uh, is, uh, apparently is a chef. So like this is somebody who cooks for a living but hasn't been able to for such a long time because there's just no spaghetti, right? Um, and yeah. to to be able to find something like this, it's kind of like it's like digging up gold. Right to be able to find um, a uh, a box of unopened spaghetti. Yeah, yeah um, it was truly a rare circumstance, uh, especially for those times. Um, I mean, this also predated um, the meatball crisis that happened, like you know, 15, 20 years um, after that. Um, mm -hmm. So, with having just in their hands uh, a, a package of spaghetti. Um, not knowing just what they had left with the meatballs as well is truly like, yeah, has every right to be happy. Um, and then when you see on the right, you have a picture of two people. I'm, I'm not sure who they are really, um, but clearly they're there. Um, one of them is very sad and one of them has a giant mustache. And I believe what the root cause is that um, this person is very sad that there is no more spaghetti. And this person on the right was hired to try and make more spaghetti. He was a person who was uh, trying to go ahead and correct the spaghetti famine. I may believe his name was uh, Jordan Gamsey. Jordan Gamsey was his name. One, one clarification, even though the pictures on the right um, are in color and seem to be of higher fidelity, these are uh, photos from the period. There were, there were color photographs mm -hmm. in the 50s and early 60s. So just want to be clear about that. Absolutely, yes. Um, thank you very much. I, I can't forget that. Um, so anyway, on to the next slide, please. Let's see here. You see, as we were saying before, this, the meatball crisis. Meatball crisis, I mean, man. Mm. I know it was dark times, Harry. Dark times, and it was it was it was truly an astonishment when people started to think to themselves, "What can we do to go ahead and solve this problem?" Um, that's when the book "Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs" came out. Um, that's when the book started to happen. It's like, wait a minute, what if we kind of 
engineered this, tried to go ahead and, and make food fall from the sky. Truly, it was, it, was a, it was an art piece about trying to revitalize hope during the time. Right. And um, the, if you look at the image on the left, um, the, the, the thing that I really want you to pay attention to there are some of those diagrams, those kind of like um, cross-section diagrams of eyeballs. Now, this is, um, you know, this, this is kind of grim, um, so it might not be for all audiences, but people were clamoring for meatballs so much that any round object about like roughly the size of a meatball, whether it's a, it's a golf ball or it's a ping pong ball, people start to see those as meatballs. Um, and uh, uh, you know what myopia means, right? Um, it's, it means people starting to see other people's eyeballs as meatballs. Um, yeah. that's, that's what it led to. It was a, it was a documented uh, medical condition at the time. Yeah, for quite some time, it ravaged parts of Grand Forks and kind of spread, you know, out into different parts of North Dakota. Um, it took a very long time for people to go ahead and readjust themselves and realize that, you know, maybe just maybe we can do things to solve the lack of meatballs as opposed to eating other people's eyes. That's also where the phrase an eye for an eye will get the whole world blind. That's also where that phrase comes from. And, you know, the, the testament to art, right? It, it, the art yeah. is what helps people kind of like move past um, uh, these depressing times and uh, imagine a, a hopeful future when you know, meatballs are raining from the sky. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, please, uh, the next slide. Oh, the Boyardee family. We owe so much to the Boyardee family. Um, we got Mama, Papa, and of course, Baby Boyardee. Baby Boyardee. Um, really was the one who instigated the plan to uh, try and get this meatball crisis back on, on, on point. Uh, Keen, if you could go into detail about that plan, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, just as the historian here, I think um, I, I also want to definitely reiterate, like when you see black and white photos, that means that these are photos of the period, right? Um, that, that's where the authenticity comes from, from right. the black and whiteness right, of these uh, photographs. Now the image in the middle, again, um, people might wonder, is this more contemporary? Is this of the period? Um, there were uh, color photographs um, and also a very early, very rudimentary um, 3D rendering technology that was starting to be uh, developed at the time. So I want to assure everyone that we are looking at actual historical archival material from the period. Yeah. I, I just feel like that's important to point out. Absolutely, yes. Uh, it's, it's, it can't be understated. Um, just because with, with, with the amount of, of effort that wasn't going into cooking pasta, other people of Grand Forks had enough time to develop other things such as software technology, you know, engineering, and, and they came up with these amazing pieces of technology to really show uh, the pain and anguish that they went through. Um, I mean, if you, if you look at Papa Boyardee on the left, I mean, you can just see the solemnness in his eyes and Mama Boyardee on the right is doing her best to hold it together, but obviously, I mean, she's cracking beneath the eyes. Um, but Baby Boyardee, they, 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 they conceived Baby Boyardee to go ahead and try and help out with the system. And he later on grew up to go ahead and uh, reinvent the way that spaghetti was made in Grand Forks. Mm -hmm. Um, let's, let's move on to uh, to the next slide. I think that we're going to get to the really important part here. Right. Yeah. So, so much to unpack here. I don't know if just within the confines of this presentation, um, we can you know, go through uh, everything here. Um, I don't know, Grant, where should we start? I, I feel like maybe we can just pick out just a few key pieces of information for um, our audience. Yeah, I think we should start definitely with the picture in the lower left hand corner 
of what looks to be like three bears with empty bowls. Obviously, this represents the people of, of Grand Forks and not having uh, enough spaghetti to go around. Yeah, uh, and that those bowls are empty, as you can see. The, the, the smallest bowl there is overturned. Um, and that's, yeah. um, that, that's a symbol not only for the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the absolute uh, lack of uh, spaghetti and meatballs uh, in their lives, but also the signs of revolution. Right, uh, signs yeah. of a popular uh, uprising, kind of fomenting in that uh, upturned bowl that you see there. Yes, exactly. That's that's where the image um, in, in the upper left-hand corner comes into play. That's when they realized that there was a correlation between uh, empty bowls and somebody stealing the pasta. But what happened is that uh, as people were being served their bowls of pasta, someone, while their backs would turn, would come around grab all the noodles and run away. And they found out that that was linked to a spaghetti monster that was uh, residing in South Dakota, um, just across the border. It turns out all the South Dakotans were hoarding the spaghetti altogether. Right, I mean, that's, that's the kind of the history of North and South Dakota, right? It, it mm -hmm. is like one uh, long history of, you know, like battle after battle over, if it's, if it's not spaghetti, you know, it, it's something else. It's ravioli, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's always something that, um, that separates North and South Dakota um, uh, yeah. in the, the cycle of history there. Absolutely, they, they, they just been, I mean, the great spaghetti wars have been documented for, for, for a long time. Um, it's just only now that we're really realizing um, the depth of which they were fought. I mean, who knows? We might see a unified Dakota within our lifetimes, but it's just, it's, it's a hope. Right. Um, yeah. It's not a reality yet, but it's a hope that maybe um, someday North and South Dakota can put aside their uh, their 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 conflict um, when it comes to Italian food and be one Dakota. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that they hopefully will be in, in the not too distant future. Let's go ahead and move on to our next slide. Yep. The end. We don't know. We don't know. It's the end. It may happen yeah. tomorrow. It may happen in ten years. We don't know. So and the really important thing about learning history is that it's not just all things that happened in the past and we've moved, moved past from, right? The, the, uh, the question mark at the end there um, suggests that, is this ongoing, right? Are we gearing up for another spaghetti famine or some other uh, Italian food related crisis? Um, I mean, there are some people who trace uh, the beginnings of COVID back to, right, the, the spaghetti famine. Mm, um, uh, yeah. and, and, and our, like, it, it's tragic that we haven't yet learned the lessons, right, um, mm -hmm. that history can provide us. And we're going through these same cycles again. So we need, to, we need to study history, right, because that's where the key to our future lies. Um, whether it's whether North and South Dakota can be, uh, can be reunified, whether we can ever find the spaghetti monster again, um, all of those things, um, we can find those answers in history. And that, I, I think that's the big takeaway um, that I want uh, people to uh, to to think about. Absolutely, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, thank thank you so much, Kiyun, for thank for you. taking the time. Done this, without you. this has really been um, such a wonderful collaboration, um, and mm -hmm. I really look forward to the book project that um, that we're working on um, for yes uh, for the, the authoritative history right of the spaghetti famine. Thank you. I, I can't wait either. We're just announcing that here actually that we do have a book coming out of um, a periodical as well. So please be on the lookout for that. Um, it's going to be everywhere on Audible. Um, we just haven't found the person to voice it yet, but we'll, we'll be getting to that shortly. But, but thank you so yeah. much for everyone's time. Um, we look forward to talking to you guys next week as we discuss the great uh, Linguini longing of uh, New Jersey. So thank mm -hmm. you very much for your time. Thank you.
Wow. <laughs> That's like some of the best improv I've ever seen. So, truly, truly incredible. The next great comedy duo. Like, I, I gotta say, Ian, you were like, you kind of psyched us out. I think you hustled us because you're like, oh, I'm not not very good at improv. And then you you killed it. You killed you're it. You're amazing. That was great. I didn't know it was going to be a lecture. Like now, like, oh, okay. Now I now I can <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you all in the secret. I'm often winging it when I'm lecturing. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's good to know. That's good to know for me, myself that I can be winging it in the future as a teacher. So I take. I I look forward to taking Kiyun's improv class next uh, spring. <laughs> <laughs> I only because wish I could perform with the grace of Kiyun. Nam. I I swear to goodness that was that was wonderful. As the Italians would say, Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I am sad that I never had you in, in class, Brent, but this is this is even better. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> this is wonderful. We can finally talk about our love for spaghetti uh, unabided by any any scholastic wall. So this is great. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that presentation. Uh, Grant will be joining oh. us again after the music break. But this is uh, the end for Nam on the show right now. <laughs> Thank you all so much for inviting me. This was, this was a lot of fun. Um, and I think a much needed kind of like respite from the, you know, like isolation and just being, you know, like by yourself all the time. So, yeah, this is great. Thank you, Kiyun. Have fun Thank at you. rehearsal. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. All right. So we're going to go ahead. Uh, we had the music break planned for now. Um, and I have a clip from the acapellas who, um, like all the other acapella groups here on campus, uh, found ways to still rehearse during COVID uh, quarantining and finding the, uh, the safety protocols, following all those, making sure we're all getting tested, wearing masks and all that. Um, we have a concert coming up this weekend. And uh, I was very excited for that. So we, we got a clip from a rehearsal that we did in person in Bloomington under um, underneath a bridge. I don't know if any of you have been there, but there's like a mural down there. It's very nice. And, you see uh, like a, it might be like a view from the, underneath the bridge. Uh, I don't want to compare it to the themes of that play. That is not a good idea. <laughs> ben, uh, anyway. everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Just, um, mute and turn off your cameras we're going to go ahead and share that little performance here and then we'll be back with uh, grant brown as our guest Stop to rest. 
My favorite part of that video is when those runners just like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not editing that out. That was just too funny. <laughs> so Acapellas has a concert uh, this Saturday. They will be streaming it live to their Facebook page. So be sure to check that out. 7 p.m. Uh, Central Time, of course. Um, and uh, we, we had a lot of fun putting together our, our little tiny desk concert uh, for this weekend. So be sure to check that out. Uh, and thank you so much for um, allowing me to use that video, despite <laughs> the ending there. So, <laughs> uh, Welcome back. We are here again with Grant Brown. Welcome back to the show, Grant. Hi. Thank you very much, Wes. Thank you so much for having me. Let me tell you, I missed you so much. <laughs> I've been stuck with this kid. <laughs> yeah, this new co-host is not it. Not it yeah. at all. I've been thinking about that for ages. Actually, like really fun fact. I thought, I thought, and this is just for a very quick hint. Um, when I still had the means, I thought about possibly coming down. I think it was either for the second or the third, just because I just getting the surface and surprising you guys. And I'm in the middle of performance, just busting down the doors to wherever you were and be like, okay, so you replace me. Okay, so what's that about? I would have let you. Like, oh, I was just keeping your spot warm. I would have been like, hey, yeah. there's an open seat in the audience. So, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who let the intern here to the <laughs> stage? I feel like before we continue, we have to introduce Ryan to Grant because Grant graduated, then Ryan showed up. So, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's our new Grant. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> How's it going, Ryan? It's me, it's, old Grant. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm new Grant. Nice, <laughs> nice, very nice to see you. Wow, the newer model looks wonderful. It looks <laughs> great. Oh, you're too. A lot of great quality updates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to be seeing you again. It's been a long time, and I wanted to check in and see what you've been up to since you graduated from here at ISU. 
Yeah, man. Uh, it's great to see you too. I, I um, I've missed talking to you and seeing you around. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, since graduating ISU, um, I I graduated on May 12th and I immediately moved to the city on May 13th. Um, so I, I had zero time at all in in terms of like layover. Um, and I just started auditioning, hitting the ground running, um, doing everything that I could to try and uh, uh, just you know get into the theater scene here. And it was going it was going decently well before uh, you know everything happened. But uh, um, it was <laughs> yeah until 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 you know that terrible terrible COVID hit. Um, but I've been doing I've been doing really well. Things have been great. Um, a lot of my time with COVID has just been like just going to work, exercising, reading, reading, <laughs> reading, uh, or uh, <laughs> reading it and just trying to um, stay sharp until everything kind of comes back to normal with theater. Definitely. I, I saw that you were, um, that you were in a production almost uh, immediately after graduating here uh, it was the the one that I got that picture for the the presentation yeah. for. Uh, could yeah. you tell us more about what that production was? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that was a promotion a production production of uh, Moby Dick. It was an original um, uh, score, original script by a great group out in Seattle. And um, Chicago Music Theater Festival was hosting auditions, and they were part of the uh, the entire festival. So it was a lot of fun uh, that cast was incredible we're still extremely close to this day i was just hanging out with um some of the guys from the cast yesterday um it, it was it was a lot of fun to be able to go ahead and just get involved with the scene out here yeah could you tell us more about that show how did uh yeah, yeah it, I mean, it went I well read the book so i don't know much yeah. about <laughs> i only know references in modern media so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it went really well it was a uh, very interesting um a big thing that I found really interesting is that back when I was in high school, I was in a different musical about Moby Dick. Um, and there, I know it was weird. The, the, the one in high school was, was, was kind of like really goofy and like strange because it's like, it's a thing about Moby Dick. Like, like, you know, like, like how are you going to keep your audience engaged for that long if you're not going to make it at least somewhat like entertaining. So uh, I played the same part that I did in high school for my first role professionally. Um, it was, so this one was like very serious. So it, like in the one in high school I played, I played uh, Father Mapple, who was a preacher that everybody in the Pequod goes to see um, before they set sail on, on the scene. Um, and in high school, he was just like really big, like exuberant, like high energy uh, uh, preacher. And then in uh, this production, he was this old curmudgeon. That was just like, listen to God. If you don't listen to God, you're going to die. And it uh, turns out, yes, everyone died. Um, so they didn't listen. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, the production went great. Um, it ran just, I think, about like three weeks before things closed down for COVID. Mm -hmm. So was that the only production you were in before um, the pandemic hit? or? Yeah, I was. Uh, that was really the only like main stage one that I was in. I was in a couple of other readings and a couple of other like very very small stuff um, that happened. Uh, a lot of it happened more post pandemic. Like a friend of mine um, who was in Moby Dick with me wrote a script um, at the University of Chicago, 
And the script was about uh, Emily Dickinson after her death and what her family did to divvy up the poems. Like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to publish them? Are we going to keep them a secret? We're going to go ahead and um, we're going to distribute them. What are we going to do? And I got to be a part of that process in, in a, another brand new original script, which was so much fun um, to go and be a part of. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to know kind of more about, um, I mean, since you graduated and you have your degree in acting from ISU, what are some things that you learned here that uh, you took into your experience in the, the real world? Yeah. Um, well, a lot of, some of the things that I learned were that don't ever uh, stop uh, collaborating or wanting to collaborate. Um, the biggest thing that I think I gained from ISU is the spirit of being able to go ahead and have an open form and say, hey, I think this works. I don't think this works. Try this, try that. Bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, but as you kind of progress through the years, you can get scared of saying like, oh, I don't know if I fully agree with that. Or maybe I don't know if I want to go ahead and do this, but maybe I do want to go ahead and do this. And then you kind of get scared to kind of collaborate in that way. Um, and get really easy, especially when you're, you know, talking to professors or you're talking to uh, other students who maybe, you know, are, are in the productions and you don't want to like, you know, do anything like that. But um, keeping that spirit and knowing that, oh, I'm like being an artist and being a theater performer is to be a collaborator, is to go ahead and create the best production you can possible to fit not only the director's mindset, um, but to fit what would communicate best to the audience. So it's all about trying to make sure the puzzles fit and you're not going to go, the pieces within the puzzle fit and you're not going to be able to make them fit if you just keep on trying to force the same puzzle piece in over and over and over again. So you have to be, be willing to go ahead and be on your toes. And that's something that ISU really uh, helped me out with a lot. Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Ryan, were there any uh, comments or questions uh, that happened that I missed? <laughs> um, <laughs> we yeah, we got a lot. Oh yeah, we got a, we got a lot of grant love in the chat from James, oh. Sammy, and Mickey and Jimmy. A lot of people were loving the uh, presentation. Gillian saying, "Why is this better than any group project I've ever sat through?" And <laughs> Sammy wondering if she should be worried about being roommates with Mama Boyardee. <laughs> you should absolutely be worried about being roommates with Mama Boyardee. I What's mean, that? like I said before, the pain behind her eyes is there. It's 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 a thing of where they're like. I'm afraid that when Mama Boyardee finally comes to the realization that the spaghetti famine is in full force and that it's not just like something that the news is printing, she will cry marinara. And I don't want that. I don't want her to cry marinara. Um, I don't know I if Grant knows Kelly. So. I don't know Kelly. Kelly, if, if you're seeing this, hello, it's wonderful to meet you. My name is Grant. Uh, <laughs> all you need to know is Kelly is just very Italian. That's all you need to know. It's, oh, it's like an inside joke with playback and the three of us are in playback. So we just kind of decided to throw that in there. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. I, I love that to death. I'm also very Italian. So this, this works out very, very well. I can, are you Northern how... Italian or Southern Italian? I'm Sicilian. I'm Sicilian and Tuscan. So I, I'm just kind of chilling out um, a little bit like in the central areas and a little bit towards south. Okay. I, I yeah. don't really know what it means. I just know that my grandpa was like really like Really, like you have to make sure you're making friends with the right Italians. So, you're right because some of us cry marinara and some of us cry white sauce, and like you can't be friends with the people who cry white sauce. It's just, it's like, it's strange. It's very, very scary. <laughs> Ryan, were there any questions for Grant yeah. there? Oh uh, yeah, we've got a few in here. Uh, Mickey asks, how many new Grants does old Grant think he could take in a fight? 
<laughs> now this, this I've, I've thought about this now um <laughs> no, I haven't. something you uh, should know about ryan is ryan is um six nine and goes right. to the gym five times a week oh yeah you know you know me i gotta man ryan what's it like not being able to fit through doorways <laughs> oh it's rough it's terrible i think i think uh i think new grant could take on uh probably i want to say like four maybe five old grants in a fight um so well, i'm winning yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, th- I think if you're there's five of you if there's five of oh okay oh yeah. okay that's fair that's fair yeah I, th- I, th- I think it's just because again like 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 you said before i mean you i i encompass inside my body is actually an eight foot tall 535 pound man who just all muscle so um good luck man yeah it's really <laughs> really hard um, <laughs> oh, man man um Chris is in the in the chat, genuinely trying to find out what Moby Dick is about. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I, I can give you I can give you the full thought about that. So uh, Moby Dick is a story, you know, made by Herman Melville, um, one of the great American authors, about um, a ship called the Pequod, captained by Captain Ahab, who is this uh, tyrannical, um, per, this tyrannical captain who got his leg and his manhood, if you know what I'm talking about, bit off by a great white whale, and he's on a voyage to try and get his revenge. Uh, and he kind of assembles this ragtag crew to go ahead and go after him. Um, but they get a prophecy uh, basically saying like, hey, everyone's going to die if you keep on going. And you better heed this because it's 100% true. And Ahab's like, nope, I don't care. We're all, we're going to fight this whale. We're going to die fighting. Like, it's just what's going to happen. And that's what happens is that Everyone dies except for this one guy named Ishmael, and that's where the story picks up. It uh, picks up at the very first line is, call me Ishmael. I know not uh, what happened or how to describe it, but these are my adventures. And it just goes through chronologically uh, how he got involved with the peak world and, and what happened during the fight with Moby Dick. Well, there you go, Chris Turner. <laughs> yeah, they also, fought for, they also fought for a championship belt. There was a tables, ladders, and chairs match. It was, oh, my God. <laughs> it's bloodbath, man. Bloodbath. Is there uh, one more question for Grant? Is there any other question for Grant? Um, we have some. We have a question here. Uh, James asks Grant, "How are you so beautiful?" <laughs> How are you going to answer? I, I'm going to answer humbly and say, "I was born like this, and I live every day of my life in the shining light of beauty." Um, it's just, it's very hard to, uh, not be this attractive at all times. Uh, but <laughs> thank you, James. Thank you. That's, thank you. That's very, very kind. Thank you. I was like, Grant, you're like a completely different person. Like from like on this zoom call, like from my, mem- from my memory of you, like you look like mm-hmm. a completely different person. Like your hair it looks, looks a lot great. smaller, shorter. <laughs> my, my hair or like just who I no, am. Just you in general. Cause you're in a little box. Yeah, oh, here I am. Just nice and nice and, <laughs> nice and tight. Yeah, well, I I I, I, I guess thank you. Like, that's that's kind of cool, you know. The entire point after getting out of college is to go ahead and, and grow, you know. Mm-hmm. So making sure that everything is nice and good. Also, when you saw me, Ben, like we didn't get to inter- interact that much. The only real memories, the only real memories that I have with you, Ben, is uh, the time that you've 
wrecked your scooter outside of of I can't remember which hall it was, William. but I remember, yeah, William. Yep, you, I just remember in slow motion in front of God and everything that's holy, just you just. Um, <laughs> I remember, I remember running in to get first aid for you because I, you were bleeding, and I'm like, oh my God, holy crap, I have to help in. And so, dude, like me and like three other people from the box office went out to go and try and help you. I still have a permanent scar on my wrist from it, and I don't think it's ever dude. going away. So that's okay. Oh man, I'm so sorry, dude. I really it's not big. You can't really see. Like, it's only like only like you can't really tell. But I'm like, it's like a memento of like, hey, maybe you should like think before you do things sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe uh, wrist pads. You know, helmet. Oh, that too. I just like, no. there's just something about the warm weather that like triggers something in me that just makes me like just super like not like my brain goes out the window and I just like want to like. Just like follow every impulse and do like absolutely, everything. dude. Me too. When I when I was lived in Colorado, I'd hike uh, like go hiking. I'd see like a just like a rock face and be like, I'm gonna climb that right now. I'd be like, Grant, don't do that. Like that's that's a, it's a bunch of rocks. And it's like I don't give two shits. And I just immediately <laughs> I would scale it and then I'd get stuck and they have to try and get it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk to Grant about one last thing. Um, so uh, I think it was a few weeks ago now. Uh, a um, new trailer dropped for um, the sequel to your favorite movie of all time. Uh, I mm -hmm. wanted to know your thoughts <laughs> on this trailer and uh, <laughs> the new movie. Okay. Uh, I'll try the presentation. No. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you, you start with the wide shot and a full moon. We got it. No. Um, I think. <laughs> I I um I am kind of not looking forward to it. Full disclosure. Main and this thing. This is Space Jam two, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Space Jam one is my ride or die. I would do anything for her. She's great. Um, but Space Jam two, uh, the trailer dropped, and I think everyone's reactions online were it was like, oh, the people from Clockwork Orange are in the background and like seeing a lot of kind of like weird stuff. Kind of took me out of it, especially what took me out of it, and this is like the whole kicker for me is that it's called Space Jam, right? So why why are they going into a computer? There's no space in there, it's a computer. And like that's that doesn't make any sense to me. So it's it's it makes me upset. It's like, oh yeah, it's Space Jam, but it's not really Space Jam. So I'm still gonna go see it, but I might cry. <laughs> I'm excited to see you memorize the, the whole script for that one too. I'm gonna waste a lot of money, Wes. He's <laughs> <laughs> gonna go 20 times to the theater. I think yeah. I think you could have it in five, honestly. <laughs> With my knowledge of the previous Space Jam, yeah, connected, <laughs> connecting plots, connecting threads, absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, Grant, um, it's been nice talking to you again. Unfortunately, like normal, just skimming the surface fashion, we are way over time. Eight. Eight and a half minutes over that's time. Not, that's not bad for us. That's not bad. And we started late, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, during the first skimming the surface, like you're like, oh, it'll be like two hours, and then three and a half hours later. Like, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> an incredible going. three hours. I was in the yeah. audience, and it was an incredible three and a half hours. Like, I but I'm so sorry, Wes. Before, before we go, can I just tell one story about just skimming the surface? It's it's one of my favorite stories I like to tell people about okay. you. Um, is, is that when we did our first Just Skimming the Surface, uh, we had um, uh, Jimmy Crisman come on up 
as our guest and we had everybody sing happy birthday to him right we did with like, 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 <laughs> like blowers and like horns and everything like that and everyone was like we threw things at him at the end and like we're like oh happy birthday jimmy and the joke was that it wasn't jimmy's birthday um i met with him in his office a week later and i was like so how how did you like being a part of the show did you have fun and he's like yeah yeah um for the most part it was good and like for the most part what, what is there something that we did wrong did we make you uncomfortable and he's like yeah uh, actually one of my worst fears in the world is being sung happy birthday by a bunch of people uh just like up front in front of everyone and you put me on a stage and sung happy birthday to me and it makes me feel so uncomfortable I'm like oh no Jimbo! Jimbo! I'm so sorry, my man! And he's like, no, And then next fine. time he was on the show, we made him eat baby food. So we've been <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like he has a new worst fear. So. Yeah, it's really baby food. Yeah, we didn't sing happy birthday a second time, so that's good. <laughs> that was great. Thank um, you very much. Honestly, I was afraid that this show was going to be like this, this episode was going to be like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. Um, the Toy Story 4 of just <laughs> where it's like, first one's really good. Second one, you know, yeah, yeah, that one was, was good too. Second one was kind of a, a hot mess. Just because it was, it was like slower and like kind of, you know, yeah. We ran into yeah. a lot of problems. Yeah, and then like the third one is like, you know, really good. It's like you got that somber goodbye, and then we're back kind of... for a fourth one. It's like, why, why are they doing this? <laughs> like, why are they still here? Shout out to the fifteen people watching. We appreciate you. Oh, <laughs> thanks, guys. The video is gonna be up on Facebook, and anyone can watch it at any time. And then um, I'm also taking the audio from it and uploading it to the uh, the podcast RSS feed. Um, so this will be, at least for now, the final Just Giving the Service episode, um, because we've, I've actually started a new project with, um, with Jordan Zimmerman, who is also an alum of ISU. We have a new podcast on movies called um, Freshly Popped Podcast, so you can be sure to check that out on your favorite podcasting platforms that... Um, it was just something Jordan and I like talking about together is uh, films and TV and entertainment news. So we thought that it'd be fun to, to just start a podcast on it. So uh, we'll probably have Grant on to talk about Space Jam at some point. <laughs> Let's go prepare for a four hour long episode. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be our longest episode yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you so much, Grant. I miss you and I, I wish you all the best uh, as we hopefully return to a normal year and uh, I can't wait to see you on stage again. Thanks Wes. Thank you so much for having me. I miss you. I love you. I hope everybody oh. here is doing well. I'm sorry. Ben, Wes, are you just... trying to say something? I was trying to wave, but then my hand kept oh. disappearing. So like, <laughs> oh. I thought he was raising his hand. <laughs> He's a phantom. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me, Wes. It's been so much fun. Thank you, Grant. Bye, Bye. old Grant. Bye, Bye guys. Bye, see ya. Bye, ho. <laughs> <laughs> He's still here. <laughs> Is he? I don't know. Did he leave? <laughs> oh well. I see. I see. I see. Uh, Non-video participants. So.
He's trying to make sure we don't talk about him when he leaves. <laughs> well, that's um, that's about it for just skimming the surface life four. What do you, well, Ben? I see your face. Ben's trying to Ben's trying to plug something real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I co-directed a TYA theater for young audiences show with my roommate Chris Turner, um, and Ryan is actually part of the cast, and we had a, a great, a gr fantastic team of designers come come together in a terrific cast um and we're showing the we're showing the we're showing the show on friday and saturday friday at five and saturday at two it's an hour-long show um and there's just so many great bits and there's like there's like a meaningful and there's like there's like nice touching moments and there's some great comedy in there um and i think it's a really good project so i and also like shout out to the designers of lily's purple plastic purse because they did a fantastic job and shout out to the cast because they are hilarious yeah, I'm very excited to see it. It's it's going to be great. And I know, Ryan, you have a show tomorrow as well as part of the Free Stage Festival, which we are in. Uh, I, I mentioned Free Stage at the beginning, but yeah, Free Stage, Free Stage, Free Stage, Free Stage. is sponsoring us this week is uh, Free Stage's festival. So this show is part of that festival. Other shows in the festival are um, the Super Mario musical. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, one of the students at the school, uh, Zenon, has spent a lot of time writing and conceiving this Mario Bros. musical based on, of course, the famous video game. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's, it's you know, just kind of a, an advanced reading, but it's a ton of fun. So if you um, are interested, it's tomorrow night at seven o'clock um, and all the information is on the Free Stage page. Yeah, and then other shows in the festival are uh, gender galleries. I believe that happens later in the week as well. Uh, they have a Facebook event up for that as well. Um, and an Iliad, which uh, is Nolan's show. Nolan was on the podcast at the start of the pandemic uh, talking about virtual theater. So um, he is in a show called The Iliad, directed by uh, Jackson Dillon. Um, and... Yeah, I believe it's based on the Odyssey, right? I think so. I want to yes. say that's what it is. Um, and I, I'm excited to see that one too. I think they have another showing this week as well because we're, we're only on Tuesday. So there's still plenty of festival left. So be sure to check out all the festival uh, shows. If I missed any, I know Free Stage has been posting about them. So be sure to check out Free Stage's Facebook page for all of those. There's also a puppet show uh, called Puppets in Space. And that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, who doesn't like puppets and who doesn't like space. <laughs> so uh, be sure to check out all the rest of the shows in the Pre-Stage Festival. And thank you so much to Pre-Stage for uh, letting us be a part of the festival once again, possibly for the final time. Ooh. <laughs> and thank you, Ben, for joining me as my co-host once again. Thank you, Ryan, for being our tech crew, I guess you could call it now. Uh, you're our little backstage uh stage crew just like with our last show <laughs> and uh thank you to Kiyun for coming on as a guest and grant for coming on as a guest and to the acapellas for their music video and so, thank, thank you, you to so the runners. Much. don't forget the runners thank you thank you to the runners oh yeah thank you to uh the uh outdoor joggers for uh making an appearance on the podcast i will be sure to reach out uh for your names so i can put them in the credits <laughs> yes. yes very important all right. Thanks so much, guys. I am starting to totally feel tired from this vaccine. So I think it's about time to log off. <laughs> Bye. And thank you all to you viewers.
thank you for thank supporting you. us. Thank you. Have yes. a great night. Um, with that, we're just skimming the surface. Cue the music. My mouse pad. Josh Harris. And with that, we are just skimming the surface. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. Don't forget to like W Skim Milk on Facebook and to check out WSkimmilk.com for more about me. This has been Wesley W Skim Milk Skim. Have a great night.